happening over here The way that it went down last when I knew We'd be talking all night But I can tell you need to work on you You, you, like you You, you, like you Welcome to another episode of Adulting with Wine So this week, you know, I'm still getting back into our regular scheduled programming um, but this week I wanted to speak about breaking generational curses and this week is like extra special because you know when somebody got letters behind their name they're like extra important like this person got letters behind their name that means they certified that means they official so look at me level up got official people on the podcast so today I have Autumn with me Autumn introduce yourself and let them know the letters behind your name and what they mean will do hi everyone hi sasha thank you so much for bringing me on um i'm really looking forward to this conversation that i feel like a lot of people may just relate to i am like you said or like you mentioned i got some letters behind my name i'm a licensed graduate professional counselor here in maryland so basically long story short i'm a therapist <laughs> a mental health therapist and i've been one for a couple months now so i'm new to the block. However, it's been a very rewarding experience. I've learned so much within the last six to nine months that I've been licensed. And I really am big and passionate on the just the work of keeping mental health awareness and mental wellness centered in the conversation and making sure that, you know, people really understand that this needs to be a priority in their day-to-day lives and that mental health is central. You know, it's literally everything that we do. It's rooted in everything that we do, who we are, what we want to be. So um, sometimes I feel like that gets the short end of the stick in most conversations when thinking about personal growth and development and, you know, where you want to be in life and how to overcome. I don't think a lot of people really take the time to um, reflect and I'll say actually not take the time to reflect, but they are just not always too aware that that needs to be more a part of the, the journey. So that's my job. That's my role. That's, that's what I'm aiming for on my social media account, the sole reasons, just making sure that you want to get a break from the toxic things that may come across your timeline, um, but also just continuing keeping that conversation front and center. Right. And one of the things that you focus on is kind of people who want to like um, break generational curses or kind of take a new step in their life. So for anyone who does not know, can you let us know what how to define a generational curse? Yes. So generational curse or um, generational patterns are pretty much learned behaviors that were passed on um, from your predecessors, um, pretty much, you know, from the, I, I won't say from the dawn of time, but just over a period of time, it went down from one generation to the next generation to the next generation to the point where it's, it feels as though, you know, this is just who you are. This is just how things are. But no, it started somewhere. And it can get really difficult to not only recognize the generational pattern, but also to break them because it's been deeply ingrained in the way that, you know, your family works, you know, your family system. So if you know anything about a system, you know, if, you know, one thing, you know, go is off, say, for example, the body is a, is a system. If one thing is off in the body, the whole body is off, you know, the whole body reacts or responds. So generational, breaking generational curses can require a level of resilience and as well as patience because you're interrupting a system, something that has been set in place and that has been relied on and depended on for a very long time. So, um, yeah, so it's something, but it does start like, again, every, like everything else, it starts with awareness, recognizing like my mom acts like this. And so does my granddad and his uncle, and his uncle's uncle, you know? So I think it starts with awareness first and then taking that step of, you know, being courageous um, to say, I want to stop this with me. Right, right. So I feel like you're saying for generational curses, there's a sense of normalcy that you feel um, in what is the generational curse, but it's not 
a normal, I hate saying the word normal, but you know what I mean? Not Mm -hmm. a normal thing. A healthy, yeah. Right, Mm -hmm. healthy. That's a better word, healthy. (laughs) You got to have the therapist here. They got better words. Um, (laughs) But what are some normal generational curses that you kind of see across like your patients or just encountered in life, would you say? I think one of the most common examples that I've seen from time to time is um, one, like a lack of boundaries, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, parents not really understanding, you know, where to draw the line with their kids, you know, that oversharing, you know, there's some things kids don't need to know. Um, And or on the other side, you know, um, kids not understanding, you know, when to say no, when to say yes, um, you know, because they feel as though they never really had a lot of freedom in their childhood. Um, I feel, I find that a lot of generational curses I see um, revolves around um, just, you know, poor boundaries and and, and poor communication styles. Um, Also problem solving, the way that you handle problems. Some, a lot of families, that I've worked with so far, um, you know, they like to sweep things under the rug, you know, and not be a hundred percent candid with one another because, you know, from, from various reasons, but I think that that tends to be one. Um, another generational curse or pattern, um, is substance use. Um, you know, having, you know, being around that, you know, those types of, environments and settings and learning like, oh, this is how, you know, you get through the hardships of life. Um, and that tends to be one that I see from time to time. And uh, I think those are probably the top ones, boundaries for sure. Boundaries, um, communication, not being completely open or sometimes way too open <laughs> um, and, and substance use. Um, I think those are the primary ones. Um, and I think just in, in, in retrospect, another one would probably be, you know, relationships. You know, how do you choose your partners? Um, how do you choose your mate? And I, I, I'm finding that that tends to be something that goes down generation to generation as well. Right, right. So the first couple of things you said, I was just like, did my therapist give you my file? Because, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm actively in therapy. I should mention that. Um, I think I talk about it a lot on the podcast, but, you know, having boundaries, I think for me personally, I'm not, we're not going to have an open therapy session here. That's not going to happen. But just to say this a little bit, I think for me, um, a little background on myself, because I don't know if I've, I've shared this on the podcast, but I am a person who's kind of been around people who are always older than me. So mm. I skipped a couple of grades. So I think that for me, I miss a, a lot of like the friendship making stages. Cause I also between that, like I was not able to like really go out and hang out with people like that until like, I like got to college or something. And even then mm-hmm. it's kind of like, eh, cause my school was like in Brooklyn. I lived in the Bronx. So my mom, and I was like a teenager technically at the time I was like 16 going to college. So my, my mom's like, eh, no, like, so Mm-hmm. In my I am now trying to navigate how to build friendship. What is a boundary in a friendship? Like, so, you know, kind of read me a little bit there, kind of like, you know, did that. But I also like that you mentioned um, problem solving, because I think one of the things that um, a lot of people struggle with, um, one of them is sweeping under the rug. But I feel like another one that I've seen in other people that I've encountered is like, they don't know how to get to a resolution. And that's my, mm-hmm. like, it's always like a never ending problem. Like we are in the problem. Okay. And they just want to keep being in the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. to get to the resolution. And I noticed that even in my family, like with my sister, I'm like, girl, yes, you're mad. What is the resolution? And she does mm-hmm. not know how to answer that question. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm tired. Are you not tired? <laughs> no. No, so, I don't know if that's a general 
generational curse in my family, but that's just some habits that I've noticed in people um, in general. So I'm glad you brought up problem solving because a lot of people don't think of that as something that is a, a pattern in their behavior, as well as relationships. You know, mm-hmm. that, that is something Ooh. that happens for everybody. <laughs> everybody. Crack open the, you know, the book and figure out what you mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so another thing I wanted to talk about is sort of like, once you know that there is a generational curse, how do you decipher like whether you are actually breaking it or just running away from it? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, okay, I know this is the pattern, but then they don't end up resolving it within themselves. It's kind of like, I'm avoiding this thing, but in avoiding it, they actually are running into it, if that makes yep. sense. A hundred percent. How do you navigate yeah. if you're working through it or just running? Yeah, and that's a really good question there, Sasha, because it it definitely re- requires, you know, it's, it's it's a thin line and it requires some, it's all about intentions. I think it's really all about intentions. Like if you are intentional, um, you know, with your purpose and your reason, so reason, but your reason behind, you know, the work that you're putting in, I feel like that is what really determines you know, if you are swaying, you know, in a progressive, on a progressive direction, or if you're staying still or, you know, retrogressing. So I think if you are aware of the generational pattern or curse, I think the next question that would be helpful for you is, you know, and now what? You know, now what? Because at that point, anytime I always say, like, anytime you're aware of something, that gives you an upper hand because now you have a po- the power to make a well-informed decision. You know, now you have some evidence. And, you know, humans, we're like the only creatures on this earth who has free will, you know? And so, you know, that's how you exert your power by your choices through your choices so if you decide to like run away you know it, I, I don't know I'm because it may look different for everyone it may look differently for everyone but you know running away from the problem as you literally just said the faster you run away from it the the faster it catches up to you you know the faster it will definitely catch up to you so I feel as though it's it's really no running away in generational curses I believe that it's one or you have one one option or another, and that is stay where you are and continue the the pattern or be very um, intentional in your in your choices and be very aware. And so that, you know, step by step, little by little, you are getting you know, you are moving forward now. I like to have a little bit of grace for individuals who are at a standstill, though, because everybody doesn't like change. You know, change is not everyone's friend. Well, it can be, but people don't, you know, (laughs) but people, you know, some people are really not, you know, really not fond of it, which is understandable because change can be very scary. It can produce a lot of anxiety in some people. So I can I can truly understand it, especially a generational curse, because it's like, I have to say no to my mom, <laughs> you know, like I gotta do that. You feel me? Like I gotta say no to granny, like what? And hear her mouth and, 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 and suffer the consequences. Like, yeah, it has to start somewhere. And, and so a lot of people are hesitant and, um, but I, I really feel as though it's important to recognize the bigger picture. Because if you plan on starting a family or if younger kids or younger ones are starting to be born into the family, you can start, you know, fixing some things up and setting the stepping stones for them to ensure that this this continues some with you. But definitely for those who are running away, um, I think at that point, you're, you know, it's it's definitely you're at a standstill. You're not really moving or you're just going with the same flow. yeah. So yeah, you just have a choice. Everything we do in this life is it's a choice. Right. Definitely. Um, I like that you mentioned parents because a lot of people, um, a lot of their generational curses um, are linked to their parents and their family. And 
a lot of the the starting point, I think, a lot for a lot of that is confronting those people in your family, Ooh. even your parents. So, mm-hmm. and I think like a lot of people just don't know how to do that because they are afraid of the repercussions because those come with a lot of repercussions. I think I think for a lot of people, like, well, I I would say people in general, there might be a lot of like a, a little bit of anomaly, but or whatever, or outliers, but want to um, have their parents' approval. But mm. standing up for yourself does not necessarily mean <laughs> or come with mm-hmm. your parents' approval. So I want to ask, what are the first steps towards um, breaking a generational curse now that you're aware of it and you want to break it? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, the first time is definitely be intentional, <clears throat> you know, be very um you know, be very, how can I put this? Um, I guess purposeful in the way that you act and the way that you interact, you know, with not only family, because as people, I mean, families were our first teachers, but then we went off into the world. And so now we're in the workplace. Now we have our own families. Now we're in relationships. Now we have friendships. So I'm not saying be intentional just with your mom and pa. I'm saying be intentional every day that you're, you know, that you are engaging with others, especially yourself, because I think a lot of people also kind of forget that we have a relationship with ourselves too, you know, which is, I believe the most important relationship. Um, So I think, you know, in everything that you do, I think you just have to carry that awareness with you. I think that's the first step. The second step is, all I think it's like I said, it's the relationship with the self. You breaking these generational curses, once you know where your intentions are and your purpose, I think it'll be easier for you to speak from an I point of view, you know, from from you know, instead of trying to blame and point fingers and you know, and um, you know, try to stir up the pot. No, you're simply saying, Hey, I would rather not. Or again, boundaries, like, you know, just using I statements pretty much and not, you know, not, you know, forcing anyone to feel ashamed or judged because this is, you're coming from your own point of view. You're coming from your own person. Um, I think it's helpful um, to carry out that, carry out the, you know, breaking the, the boundaries in that way because you're taking responsibility. You're not dishing, excuse me, you're not dishing it out on anyone else. You're taking pure responsibility because you've made a choice. You've made a decision that you want to break this curse. Your mom didn't sign up, you know, your dad didn't sign up. I mean, of course you can put them on like, hey, I've realized this is happening in our family and I think it will be beneficial to us to fix it or change it, but we can't fix or control anyone in this life except for ourselves. So I think it's very important that we, we start with the self and work our way up there. And, you know, fingers crossed, the family sees it and sees it working and start to model the same behavior. But being realistic, that may not be the case. So I think the next step is maintenance. Making sure that you do not buckle down. Because like I said, it's a system. Like America is a system. You know, there are systems in place. And when we start to get, you know, kind of lazy, you know, the hashtag stop going and no one's posting anymore. People kind of forget and we go back to everyday, the everyday world. Right. That can also happen when in the process on the journey of breaking your generational curse down, Um, you know, over time, it may feel overwhelming because it's like it feels like you're the only one doing the work. Right. Um. But I I think that it's very important that you practice some maintenance and get something in place, like a plan in place to keep you back on track, to help you remember your why, your purpose of doing this, because it can get really, it can be, it can get really discouraging sometimes for some, depending on what the, you know, depending on your family dynamic or the curse. Um, But yeah, so I think um, being intentional um, speaking from an eye point of view um, and also practicing maintenance for the, those days where you feel like it's just not even worth it anymore. Right, 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 right. Um, so for people who are 
you know, um, dealing with those people in their family who are, you know, I don't want to say problematic, but I think I'm going to go there. Um, problematic. Okay. And we say <laughs> <and laughs> adversity with them, especially when, you know, we are trying to establish things such as like our boundaries and stuff like that, but it is being crossed. What do you suggest? Mm-hmm. I think at that point, again, awareness is great. So now that you know that your boundary is crossed, you communicate that assertively. Um, so you have passive aggression, a passive aggression where you know you sweep things under the rug, you hold your tongue, you people please, you know, you just go with the flow to avoid conflict. That's not the, you know, I highly recommend 10 out of 10, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because at you know you're gonna you know you're gonna be the one um who's gonna have to to really honestly people who tend to do this and I'm speaking from a personal from personal experience as well I get the short end of the stick you know I often like if I have to cover my feelings and hold my tongue now I'm holding a lot of resentment in my body and now I'm going through the motions and you know, they're over there a-okay, you know, living their best life. And here I am stuck in this one spot because I, you know, I just simply didn't say anything. And then on the other side, the, um, on the complete other side of that spectrum is aggressive behavior where, you know, you're, you're, you're pointing and you're blaming, um, it may, you know, cause some yelling, um, not being open, no, not actively listening. And, um, you know, and that can cause some issues too. Um, but then right there in the middle is assertive, assertive, um, assertive communication is again, using those I statements, um, taking responsibility, speaking from your own, your own experience and your point of view. Um, you're also actively listening and as well as, you know, making sure that your point is clear and direct. There's no wishy-washiness, you know, no wishy-washiness. I think it's important that you communicate. Sometimes people don't know that they cross the boundary. So it's important. So that's our job. Our job is to is to let people know what our boundaries are. We can't just assume that people know what they are. And then you also, I think it's important to let people know what happens when your boundaries are crossed or what will happen. And I'm not saying threaten them, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, put some fear in their heart. But what I'm saying is just you're giving them a heads up. Like when people, you know, invade my personal space, you know, I will blink, you know? And so, so they know, okay, she going to do that. She going to do I won't, I will not pop her personal bubble anymore. Okay. And so, but if the, if the, once you communicate that once, I feel as though if it happens again, um, I think it's important to take notice of that because it can mean several things they could possibly forgot. Um, they may have just be, keep pushing your buttons on it and they don't respect your boundaries. But I think it's really important to, to take notice of that because at that point, now you have to respond. Do you want to keep this person around? Family too, you know? Do I still want to engage with this person on this level? Because I don't want, you know, it's, even if they did forget, I'm like, if it's someone that loves me and cares about me, then they know that this boundary is something that they just cannot cross. And I've communicated that with them. So I feel like the way people, how people respond to your boundaries says a lot about them too. So I think it's very important um, to, to break it down that way. And additionally, for individuals who may have, um, who may have, um, you know, just some fear or some hesitation about the conflict that may arise, um, I, that's when, you know, again, that's when that maintenance comes back around that I was talking about earlier and just remembering your purpose, remembering why are you doing this, you know? And if you're doing, I always encourage people to do things for you, not anyone else. Do it for you. Right. Because, you know, because if you're, if you're out here doing things for other people, you know, it's like you're pouring all of you into their cup and then there'll be nothing for nothing left for you. Right. Right. Um, diving a little bit back into the family thing, I feel, I wanted to, uh, touch on this because I feel like a lot of people also struggle with this. Um, what do you say to the people who do not cut off these, again, problematic family mm-hmm. members 
because they say things such as blood is thicker than water. Uh, as my mom is famous for, that's mm-hmm. your family, that's your brother, that's your aunt, that's your whatever, cousin, whatever. You can't do that. They care for you type of thing, but you know otherwise. Yeah, that's another tough one. You know, that is another tough one because I I am also, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, family. I believe family is very central and very valuable in our lifetime. But then again, we go right back to the whole conversation of, you know, what am I doing for me? You know, like I, I've, I've been speaking, um, I've been speaking a lot about, you know, whenever you are setting your boundaries, speaking from your point of view, you know, and when you are communicating what's going on with you, you know, you don't point fingers, you just keep it, you know, keep it, um, you know, keep it personal. And, and I say that because again, the relationship with the self is so much more important. It's so much more important. And this can be harder for a lot of different communities as well, where family is like really central. Um, but I think at the same time, um, it's like, what is that doing to you? You know, I think it's like, you know, at what, how much of yourself are you willing to sacrifice, you know, for the, for the benefit of the family system? Because, how are you going to be, how are you going to add to that system? You know, cause you're, you're, you're putting, you're taking so much out of yourself, you know, you're taking so much out of yourself and, and you're, sometimes you're not even yourself. And now you're holding this resentment in your heart and you can't be your true authentic self with the family or with the family member. And so now when you're around them, you may feel, you may have like, feel physically uncomfortable around them, emotionally uncomfortable around them. And it's like, you're putting yourself, you're, you're willingly signing yourself up, you know, to be for, you know, for your spirit to be um, disturbed or interrupted, you know? And it's like, is it worth it? Right. They always say everything that costs your peace is too expensive. It's too expensive, okay? <laughs> it's too expensive. No stimulus check, no taxes, no no tax return, you know, nothing. None of that can compensate for the cost of your peace. None of that can compensate the cost of your peace. So it's very, I think it's very important that, and again, um, it can be difficult because we often been told, you know, family first, you know, got to be with the family and, 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 but you got to respect the reality. And if your reality is your family is costing your peace, then you're going to have to live with that reality instead of trying to put together a false reality because the two aren't going to blend. The two aren't going to blend. Right. For sure. Um, so for people, um, that are like, kind of like in the trenches trying to fight, you know, their, the curses in their family. Um, I know you mentioned something about maintenance. What are you, what are some things that you suggest to do as maintenance once you're like there, but you feel like you're stuck? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Thank you so much for asking that because I think maintenance is the part where people tend to fall short on. People get this spark of energy and this spark of motivation to, to change and to do something and to, you know, and, um, but we, sometimes we do not fully consider the obstacles that may lay ahead. And because we don't fully consider it, we don't prepare for it. And so when it comes to us, when it comes our way, you know, it becomes easier for us to succumb to it. So maintenance, um, I believe it's definitely have to be tailored to the person. So I can't necessarily say, you know, journaling, writing, et cetera. But I do believe that finding, you know, finding some way, somehow to always remind yourself of your purpose. Uh, it can be an affirmation. 
Um, you know, it can be a quote, it can be a song, it can be a painting, like it, you can have a picture, just something, something that reminds you and keeps you grounded. And a lot of people really are into mindfulness. And, and a lot of this is mindfulness work. A lot of this is mindfulness work because you have to always be mindful and or aware um, that you know, you are behaving in a certain way, you're thinking a certain way, and you're like, oh, you have to, you know, stop yourself in your tracks. So uh, some ways that I like to practice mindfulness is journaling, like doing a brain dump, getting all my thoughts out in one place, because sometimes your thoughts are literally the the one thing that's, that can be your anchor that's, you know, that's saving you or drowning you. One of the two. Your thoughts is no in between. Your thoughts is, are, are either saving you or drowning you. So do a brain dump. So, you know, I don't have all my thoughts in one place um, and I can start to think clearly. I'm also a fan of um, exercising um, because one of my generational curses is health. Mm-hmm. Um, is health. And so um, I, I love to exercise from time to time. Um, I've heard of, uh, what have I heard of? I've heard of different things such as uh, yoga, um, mindfulness eating, um, as well as, you know, the different types of meditations. Um, affirmations are awesome. I love me a good affirmation. Um, and that helps me, that keeps me grounded as well prayer. If you're really into spirituality, um, prayer is a great way to go about it. Um, positive, um, music, um, maybe a little ratchet music from time to time. It depends. Love, love, <laughs> love the ratchet. Listen, sometimes you need it. Sometimes, sometimes you just need it. Okay. You know, especially cause I feel like it, it's a story being told there somewhere. <laughs> and I mean like ratchet music doesn't have to be who you are. Okay. Like nobody's saying that you're walking around here like Megan the Stallion, but sometimes you need the energy, mm-hmm. you need that energy to carry you through. Okay. Yes, um, ma'am. I believe that Megan Thee Stallion is a pastor in a form, <laughs> right? In a form. She is a pastor for all things that are... Hot girl. Exactly. <laughs> hot girl ministry. Yes, hot girl ministry. <laughs> I'm about to sell them shirts. Listen, she don't know what she got. Listen. Please DM her before you release this episode <laughs> so no one takes your Hot girl ministry. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, let's pat in this right now. Okay. Let's pat it right now. But yes, so I, but I definitely think that it, it I think I think it requires a level of um when it comes to maintenance, definitely some self-exploration to just figure out what keeps you grounded, what keeps you, what reminds you of why you started, you know, whether that's going to a place, you know, whether that's sitting by yourself. You know, I feel like maybe it's a book that you like to read. It could be literally anything, but just find something. And I encourage you to have more than one thing because say if it, you know, say if it is reading a book, but you don't have the book on you um, at that moment, you know, it may be important to find something else. So I would encourage, you know, I think that's, and I think that can be a really fun and um, beneficial um, experience, you know, finding the thing that keeps you grounded or the things with an S plural, um, cause we love options. So yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be really, um, I think that would be a really, a real game changer in the maintenance, in the maintenance phases. Right. Um, I agree a lot of what you said, um, something, um, for me, some of the things like that you mentioned, I'm like pondering upon doing or about mm-hmm. to do. So for example, like something I want to do is like, I'm not like, I want to be better about my spirituality, but I'm not necessarily a Bible reader. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. but not for me, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I'm that. not a heathen. It's just not for me. Um, mm-hmm. so something I've been looking into is getting a devotional journal that has like prompts and stuff like that so that it sets like sort of like a tone for each day. And I'm like, learning but it is not like reading the bible because that can sound daunting like think about like, mm-hmm. the big ass bible like are you going to i'm sorry i shouldn't have said ass and bible <laughs> but she you. it's okay um forgive me lord um <laughs> she loves you she loves you 
<laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> that can be daunting for some of but having like, I've been looking at like 100-day devotional journals. Some of them are like 52-week. So that's like, okay, it's still a journey, but, you know, it's guided. So, you know, you're going, it's like, kind of like church, but in a journal. Yes. That's how I'm, that's how I'm looking at it. Um, but think some things that I actively do is uh, something that I learned was a pattern of mine is just like a lot of me, quote unquote, taking care of myself was a form of like, for example, exercise, like prior to like a couple years ago, like I would use exercise as a form of um, not dealing with the problems I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once I stopped having those problems, for example, like when I had a personal trainer back in like 2017, I was working out all day, sometimes twice a day, like six days a week. Like it was crazy. Like I was in the gym all the time and it's because I hated my job. So, and and I didn't also like, because at the time I was living with my mom, I didn't like living with my mom. Like I didn't really have privacy. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like home. Like it wasn't a comfortable situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's my family, but it wasn't comfortable. So you know, during work, lunchtime hit, I'm going to the gym. After work, I'm going to the gym. Saturday, mm-hmm. I'm going to the gym. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That was like sort of like a thing. So after I moved out and then after I left that job, I stopped going to the gym. Right? Because yeah. I don't go to the gym anymore, but that's not reality. And I noticed that I stopped taking care of myself when, um, how do I want to work this? like I'm facing an issue or a problem, I stopped being like, okay, all the things that I was doing for progress, stop, if that makes any sense. So something that I'm actively practicing is even if I hate something, not hate something, but even if I don't want to do something because I'm not feeling great, Mm-hmm. I would still tell myself that I need to do it because I made mm-hmm. a promise to myself and the promises that I make to myself are most important. So mm-hmm. for example, with exercising, that's been something that I have been um, actively working on because I want to work on my fitness. I want to be in the best shape I've ever been in, you know, hot girl ministry, all of that stuff. Yes. Um, and of <laughs> course, oh, also me and Autumn are going to Barbados in July. Hello. And that's exactly what I was thinking right? about. I was like, hot girl summer is approaching, ladies and gentlemen. Right, exactly. So, can't be looking like, I need to look like my best self because I'm actually going to be going outside. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, one of the things that I kind of told myself as a mantra, like, is like, you have to Mm. keep going Mm -hmm. rather than start it over. And also, I also tell myself, like, okay, you don't want to break out today. Let's just do... 30 minutes of something. And if you really hate it afterwards, you don't have to do the full hour. Mm-hmm. And guaranteed every single time I end up doing the full hour. So it's just like, I love it. Do it anyway. And also definitely affirmations. I've started that. I don't remember how long ago, but it was very recent um, that I downloaded an affirmation app because again, as a part of, I can't work out after work. Um, it's just, it's not for me because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, after I exhaust all of this mental energy, I just do not want to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hurry. Hurry. I'm not a morning person either. A lot of people who want to tell them that I work out before work, they're just like, I can't do it. I'm not a morning person. Neither am I. <laughs> no, neither am I. <laughs> I love it. girl that when I used to live at my mother's house, I used to sleep until like 12, 1 o'clock every day. Um, and now I live on my own. I probably can lay in bed max like until 10 o'clock. Like I can't just be laying around like all day like that. Cause like mm-hmm. I have things to do, but like, um, yeah, I don't like waking up early. So if you thought that about me here to tell you, not it's true. not happening. <laughs> it's a lot of benefits though. It's a lot of benefits right, to waking exactly. up early. But so what, if I'm waking up before work, one, I don't do it every day. So now I'm kind of like taking a break. Cause I realized like, Waking up early, if you don't like it, to say do it five times a week is hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll give myself a five day thing where it's like, okay, three or I think it's 
four of the five days that I work, I get up early, but for my schedule, since I work uh, Sunday to Thursday, I don't mm-hmm. have to get up for work as early on Sunday. So I don't have to work out as early, but for those three days, I get up at like 5 a.m. <laughs> and my affirmation comes to my phone every day at 5 a.m. Mm. That's the first thing that I see. Mm-hmm. I think a couple, like a week ago or something, I had um, posted a reel that said my affirmation made me get up <laughs> to go to the gym because it really did. Listen, I told, I think I told Autumn about this when we talked on the phone, but it, it literally was just like, you keep your body fit by not missing workouts. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like an hour. I had overslept an hour because like my fire alarm had went off at 3 a.m. Like oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I was like, today, mm, I'm not feeling it. And then I read mm-hmm. that and was like, uh, let's go. Let's do something um, because we can't miss this, apparently. Um, so mm-hmm. doing that, so creating some sort of like a routine. And then um, after the workout, you know, because I have time in between the workout and when I have to start work, I'm able to make breakfast. Um, I'm not really a breakfast person, but Dude. <laughs> I love breakfast. <laughs> Talk about it's your goddamn self. Favorite. Ooh, I love me a good brunch. What? Like, I like, okay, like, I'm not a big fan of like breakfast food, if that oh. makes any sense. Like, Oof. I really have to have like a craving for it and stuff like that. Like, I like certain mm-hmm. things, but it's like ugh, some days I'm just like, ugh. Like, I don't know. Really? Man. I eat, I can eat breakfast all day. Like, I don't really like eggs like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really trying to get myself to eat eggs more because of the protein content. But I don't really care for eggs. Oof. Cannot um, relate. Like, and a lot of people say that. But, like, that's just me. But, um, mm-hmm. but creating, like, a food that I enjoy. Like, being like, okay. Like I have time to luxuriously eat that rather than be like, oh well, I don't have time because I I woke I just rolled out of bed and went to work. Mm-hmm. And I have time for a coffee. Another thing, I have time to enjoy my coffee before work. Sometimes a show. Okay. Oh wow! A you are hour. selling this. You are selling this. Okay, so wake up. Okay, Autumn, do it. Set your alarm. So what I do, I set my alarm for five a.m., but I don't get out of bed at five a.m. So. The alarm goes up at 5 a.m. I read my affirmation. And sometimes, like, you know, I lay around. I scroll a little bit. You know, again, I I, 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 I allow myself lounge time. Because yes. not everybody just want to pop up. Although the best way to do it is just to pop up, honestly. But mm-hmm. a lot of people lounge around. So I'll probably lounge around for, like, 15, 20 minutes. This morning was more of, like, a 40-minute thing. But I still got up. And then... Um, I got dressed to go to the gym and then my gym is in my building. So, you know, yes, clutch. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> not everyone has that luxury, but for that reason, I don't have a commute to the gym. So it works out for me that way that I'm able to lounge around. But if you do have a commute, then you need to get your ass up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after the workout, I come back, I turn on my shower and then I have um, aromatherapy bath soaps. So yes. I have one for like the morning, like says like energy. So it has like orange essential oils. That's another mm-hmm. tip. So like it wakes you up because after the gym, even like you're tired, honestly, you don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like you probably just want to go back to sleep. Not, well, not really go back to sleep, but you want to lay down. So that's what I do to wake myself up. Then I make the breakfast. I sit down, relax, you know, peruse YouTube, TV, whatever you want to do. And then I start work. And I probably like the best attitude in person at work. When I said, <laughs> like, Why are you so happy? And I'm like, because I did something. <laughs> exactly. So that's what you need to do. Create a whole te- um, routine. Um, yep. I actually have this on my, um, on the Adulting with White Instagram, like a reel of my morning routine. So go check that out. Everything that I detailed is there. Except, like, <laughs> I don't think I put that I wake up at 5 a.m. But I recorded that on the day that I didn't work because one of the days that I do, what am I trying to say? One of the days that I work out is not a day that I work. So I recorded it on that day. But do it. Create create a luxurious experience. Exactly. To get you excited about it. 
Exactly. And you did just what I was saying, like tailor it to you. Like, look, I know myself well enough to know that working out after work is unrealistic for me. And that's why I'm like, you know, I can't tell anybody what to do is, you know, you really do have to. And it sounds like because, you know, you know, would you say that this happened overnight, Sasha, like your routine or like it was some trial and error and, you know, some mixing and matching to get where you are right now? So here's the thing. So I feel like for me, like a lot of like my working out process and like creating this routine, a lot of it was just like, I did it temporarily. And that's because like, I really wasn't focused on the change and what I wanted to do for myself. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like once you have that click in your mind, like, damn, I want, I don't want to be the same anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like everything mm-hmm. else will spin around for you. So, mm-hmm. like, and one of the other things that I did um, that kind of helped me snap out of it and kind of like why it was kind of faster for me, I feel like, is like I did a detox like at the start of the year mm-hmm. and I didn't realize like how mentally changing a detox is. Um, so I did like a raw detox. So essentially nothing cooked. So if I did, I had like only like smoothies and like maybe a raw salad a day. Mm-hmm. So very minimal stuff. And girl, the first two days I was hungry. And like, <laughs> I really had to check my attitude. Like, goddamn, like you are really so self-absorbed in your self-satisfaction that you mm-hmm. would do whatever in the moment just to please yourself, just for temporary mm-hmm. satisfaction. But mm-hmm. what is the overarching goal? why you can't reach your goal is because you're focused on temporary satisfaction. So a lot of the times when I was upset or whatever, I would just Uber eat me some good food and then that was it. But then yeah. my goal is there, there goes my goal because again, I'm self-sabotaging my goal because I'm upset. So now my goals don't matter. So mm-hmm. I have to create, redefine a system that's just like, okay, I'm upset, but do I really want to lose all this product? progress because I'm upset am I gonna let this person you know mm-hmm. ruin my entire day have have control over my progress um just because I'm upset am I not gonna work out because this person made me upset you really have mm-hmm. to like think about that and put that in perspective um so I would say for anybody who's looking to like you know jumpstart their thinking um do the detox I did mine for five days a lot of people do three and just be like, you know what? Like, it put me really in a gratitude state to be thankful for what I have and mm-hmm. think about what I want and how mm. to do it. Also, accountability partners. Me and Cynthia have manifested the 2021 we wanted. And I was like, I cannot be sitting next to Cynthia because Cynthia going to do what she going to say she going to do. So and I- that's on period. Exactly. <laughs> so I can't sit here and I and I check in in June and be like, yeah, I ain't do shit. Like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes, so yes. We have to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, really, I love that. I love accountability partners because if you can find someone, I feel like anytime you can find someone to team up with you, especially with the generational curse thing, um, I really feel like that just makes the experience. I'm not going to say, um, you know, a whole lot easier but i feel like you'll make it definitely more doable and manageable you know because there's definitely um because as humans like we're codependent like we depend on one another we're social beings and we're we're also big on feeling like we're not the only ones um that's out here doing the you know um so we're really big on feeling like you know we can relate or that that you know our experience is a shared experience so um, if you can find at least one or two people who can ally with you, um, I think that can, you know, that have the ability to, you know, to be aware and agree. I really think y'all should team up. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. My sister and I, we've all, we had several conversations about the generational patterns and curses in our family. And we silently, but, you know, still, um, directly, have been making different strides to break those curses, you know? Um, she, I, I definitely see a therapist and that helps me out as well. Um, I didn't even mention that, mention that, but 
I think because in my therapy session, she helps me remember my purpose. You know, when I start talking off the side of my neck about why am I even doing this? <laughs> like, and she's like, well, why? Are you Literally, I'm like, every week for me. <laughs> why am I doing this? What is the purpose? What is the purpose? What is the purpose? Why are you doing it? Like, oh no, she didn't. Yes, she did. So and then I say my purpose. And then like I literally have like whenever I whenever I can recall my purpose, whenever I can put it into paper, put it into words, if I I I I have a sensational reaction, you know, like I really just feel more relaxed and less tense. Um, and another thing that I hope you all picked up on what Sasha was talking about was. Our emotions are temporary, okay? They come and they go. Sometimes they may, sometimes it feels like it lasts forever, but like not, like no. Like throughout the day, they'll come and they'll go. And But you'll make a temporary, you'll make a decision on that temporary emotion, but there, but the effects or the outcome of your choice will be way, will last way longer than that emotion probably did. So it's so important. And that goes back to the whole problem solving thing that I noticed in like different, um, in different, in different families. It's like a lot of times people allow emotions to drive your decision-making, which can be very risky because one emotions are, they're just, they're natural. Yes. But they're not always accurate, (laughs) you know, to the reality or the situation at, at, on at hand so I think it's really important to have some kind of routine to you know trump um, rationality over emotion you know or reality over emotion the reality is I got a goal that I in in the deadline and I can see myself I can see myself there I can vividly see myself in that space and so that's the reality but the emotion is, you know, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm discouraged, but that will go away. You know, you've been angry and frustrated and discouraged before. And what happened? Oh, why? <laughs> you know, you got over it. You overcame. So I think it's really important to um, recognize that in the maintenance phase as well. In the maintenance phase as well. Emotional regulation is what we like to call it. Right. <laughs> also for me, like eliminating empty space. So when you don't have goals, a lot of that is empty space. So you're Ooh, yes. operating on what your emotions are at the time. So for example, mm-hmm. I was saying before, if I felt sad, I would just order whatever on Uber Eats, like McDonald's or something. I don't know. I haven't had McDonald's in a while. That was like a poor example, but whatever. <laughs> because it's just like, okay, this feels great right now. This yeah. makes me happy, but it won't. Mm-hmm. It probably tastes good, but then you'll feel horrible. So... That temporary emotion. Um, I, that, oh, sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. I, I completely agree. I, I completely agree that when it comes to, you know, emotional regulation, um, I am so big on goals. I am such a big advocate for them because they say, you know, an idle mind is the devil's playground. You know, when you don't have anything going, when you're not shooting for anything, if you're not, you know, directing yourself to to accomplish something, that leaves room for any and everything to enter into your space, things that may not be serving you. And, you know, simply because you don't have a sense of direction at the time, you, you know, you follow along with whatever falls into your lap, you know, whether that be a certain relationship, a certain job, family some things going on in the family just personal stuff like it's so important to have a goal I think that operating from a goal-oriented um perspective can definitely help out not only with gaining awareness but the maintenance as well that's kind of what I've been saying you know what what was your, what is your purpose what are your intentions aka what is your goal in this what are you trying to accomplish some like like what you're doing what you're doing in your routine that at you and like your what you said was the perfect example you have more than one thing that reinforces you know your purpose you know from the affirmation you know to the aromatherapy um and, and what and drinking your coffee fixing something to eat like you look forward to those things you know and so I really feel like it's so important to have more than just one thing that keeps you focused and driven 
Yes. So here we are, full circle, okay? Um, <laughs> as a last question I want to ask, how do you know once you've fully broken the generational curse? You fully broken a generational curse the moment you decided that you no longer want to continue it. I feel like, because everything has to start with you. Um, I feel like that's when you've noticed that you have broken the curse. Um, and um, and then you're able to pass it on to the next generation and hopefully they pass it on to the next generation. Um, but like I said before, like, you know, once you've made that, you know, conscious decision and you've been, you know, keeping yourself um, focused and goal-oriented um, and everything that you do, everything, every way that you function from your day-to-day activities and living, it's all around this purpose. Um, I think that's when you've broken the curse. That's when you've broken the chain. And um, and there's no turning back from there. But it, it, I mean, it, you can easily fall back, but I feel like even then you'll still have it on, on the back of your mind. Cause you can't like unlearn awareness, you know, you can't be, you can't become unaware of something that you were already aware of, you know, right. um, yeah, that, that, that itch in the back I'm like, damn, this sounds familiar. Damn. I'm doing this again. Damn. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I get what you're saying. Yep. Um, and yep. I, I feel like I think a part of the struggle, cause I've dealt with this is kind of like, you feel like you haven't broken the curse because you feel like you're in a repeat pattern. But I'm so glad that you said that, like, if you are aware of the pattern, then you're, there's progress there. It's yep. kind of like weight loss, you know? Some days, some, you can spend a week working out and then gain a pound. And then the next week, you lose four pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yep. That, okay. Yeah, I know. Y'all know math. Y'all know her. Y'all know the math. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, but. Honestly, it's true because like you sometimes you feel like you're working towards something and because you have a setback, like for example, like I said, you are working out or eating right for a week and then you gain a pound, you're like, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried. I might as well just eat pizza because mm-hmm. okay. like mm-hmm. continue on the progress and like continue on your path. The next week you see a great, you, you see, actually see the progress because you didn't just give up because of the setback. So exactly. My metaphor makes sense. Don't yeah, me. I'm about to say, look, okay. Y'all know the math. Y'all know the math. Okay. But yeah, I feel like, cause I think the thing that keeps generational curses going is the fact that people don't even know they're in this cycle. Right. You know, don't even, they're not even aware that this is, that this has been being passed down. And then, you know, I think that is always going to be the first step for me, really, just because it's like you can't really do anything. You can't, you know, how are you going to solve a problem if you don't know what the problem is, you know? So it's always you have to understand what, what, you know, what is the what, what is the what. Um, But yeah, once you're aware, I think that's definitely the first step. But I think it's it's mainly when you start making well-informed decisions that are all about you know, breaking that pattern, you know, breaking that pattern. Definitely. All right. Well, Autumn, thank you so much for joining the podcast to discuss this because of course we're doing important work here. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, let them know where they can find you on the gram and stuff so they can see the letters behind your name. They see those, they see me, everyone. You can follow me on IG as well as Facebook um, or at the sole reasons, um, the sole T H E. S-O-U-L-R-E-A-S-O-N-S. And I would love to see you there. You know, holler at me. I'm all about collaborating. I was so happy to be working with you today, Sasha. The moment I saw that, you know, you, um, you're you really a strong advocate for mental health awareness. I was like, yep, yeah, let me hop on this. <laughs> you know, because like, like you were saying, like, we are doing some work out here, okay? Like, this is something beyond ourselves. You know, this is something that's going to go way beyond ourselves. Um, to the next generation because that's what we're doing right now we are being pioneers um, for the next generation which is not always easy but as I said before when we have people who can join our team it makes the work you know way more um, manageable 
So yes, yeah, so please join the conversation, join the community. I'm always looking to meet new people and expand, um, expand the conversation. So I look forward to seeing you there. Yes. And of course, follow the podcast at Adulting with Wine on Instagram. We are gearing up to do some, you know, big things. So you'll all miss it. So be there or be square or be late, which, whichever way you want to be. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. But baby, don't you know that talk is cheap? Can't fool me. I wish that you could back it up for me.